Andor episode four has come. It's gone. And my gosh, was there a lot of art. <laughs> the boys are out of town. So I'm joined by Leah and Savannah. And we're going to dive into all of the nuances. Episode 43, coming in hot. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I am your rogue leader, electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I am joined by the greatest minds the Rebellion has to offer. Klein's gone, Jacksonville Pews is gone, the box office is gone, but I'm here joined by the ladies of the Rebellion. Up first, master of Disney parks and the first lady of the Rebellion, Savannah Sanders. It's true. All of the hype for Andor, it's all true. Master of Rock History, fellow Last Jedi sympathizer, host of She Will Rock You podcast, Princess Leia. Hello there. Ooh, she said the thing. (laughs) And I am so excited. Uh, This is the first time that we have been outnumbered on the podcast not just by ladies but by guests so the boys are out traveling working hurricaning and we're just here with also the two most frequent guests on the podcast tied for a record of four apiece appearances on the podcast today's september 28th time of recording and andor has arrived we're going to chat about all of that in our supreme leading topic oh yeah and we will cover the saddest part of galaxy news in the rebel report but before all of that let's check in with the smartest execute order 66 percent of this podcast ladies how are we doing doing good it turned into hoth here literally overnight it's like freezing outside it was 46 this morning i am not a fan savannah how cold is it over there where you're you're at in the midwest it's yeah yeah it's pretty cold actually it was 39 this morning but this time last week it was 98 yeah so um where, where are you at leah i don't think I know. i'm in virginia virginia okay i'm in illinois but apparently with the same stream going on i guess but yeah, it's fall. It's fall. Nice. Yeah. Fall is here. We had false fall um, a couple weeks back. It was in the it was in the low 60s for a couple days. And this morning I walk outside and my dad's wearing a sweater as he drops <laughs> off equipment for work. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I step out and the wind hits me. I go, why is it fall again? It was like 58 degrees this morning and then it bumped up to about 81. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're almost at that point of the year where we have a 30 degree difference from morning mm-hmm. to midday. I'm excited to get sick from this. Um, shout out to everybody in Central Florida. Right now, Hurricane Ian has been on the land for like five, six hours. The storm surge is insane. I, I want to make a Star Wars reference and a joke here, but I'm not going to because holy crap, people might actually die in that storm surge. I watched on Twitter a whole ass security emergency door just cave in from the pressure of water uh, building up outside. It was scary. Uh, 
shout out to everybody going through that. I got friends down there. My family's up here where I'm at. They evac. So, you know, you're in our thoughts, our prayers and our force mantras, you know, the forces with you and, and all that good stuff. Um, stay safe. Don't die. When by the time this comes out, we'll know a lot more and you'll know more listening to this than I do here recording. But yeah, you know, that's a little stressful. That's stressful. How many hurricanes have you both been through? I mean, we get the residual hurricane stuff where I am, but we don't have, I'm not close enough to the shore. I've been through an inland hurricane. I don't know if that counts or not. But they called it in hurricane on land. So I didn't know they could oh. do that. We didn't either until it happened. Yeah, about 10 years <laughs> ago. It was uh, like, oh, this is a thing. They called it an inland hurricane. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own it. I've been through one. Who knew? Yeah, that's right. That was I was like, wasn't that the same year around Sally that destroyed the East Coast up north? And yeah, that would have been 2012 timeline. Yeah, that's crazy. That's also when I learned about those things existing because I was like, I didn't know that that was a thing that could happen. So you've been through the worst kind of one, the one we didn't know existed. That's <laughs> the rarest kind. <laughs> the rarest kind. <laughs> yeah, uh, being down here from Scarif slash Dagobah, you know, the, the swampland, get them all the time. Uh, we were just reminiscing not too long ago of the three in one month we got here in 2004. Uh, we were out of school for a month. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. And then the next year they, like, had us out for a couple of days when Katrina hit. And they're like, oh, we made a mistake. And then they didn't hold us out again for a long time. Um, Yeah, very sad. We're also encroaching on four years since Hurricane Michael uh, last, if I'm not mistaken, the last Category 5 that made landfall. Could be wrong on that. It destroyed my hometown. The trees are slowly coming back to life. Uh, But most of them died. So RIP to all the Groots out there. Enough, enough vamping. Let's go ahead and jump right on into the Rebel Report. News, 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 Savannah, you're our world-famous journalist. Would you like to go into the Rebel Report for us? Sure thing. Yeah, one second here. Yeah, so a bit of a slower news week, but um, this one's pretty big. Yeah, James Earl Jones officially retired his voice as Darth Vader. So that's a pretty big one. That's that's huge. It is the biggest, saddest news I could think of. Um, it, 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 you, you mentioned earlier that he's being replaced by an AI. Mm-hmm. How does that work? I have questions. Yeah, I have so many questions. <laughs> I have questions. I think, <laughs> I, all I can think of is, I need a science guy uh, to help me out with that, because I don't know how that works. It I'm, just says I, they'd use artificial I, intelligence with archival recordings to recreate his voice. Are we are we about the voice swap here? Is this the same thing as a face swap technology? Uh, we'll see how it works out. It could go great. It could be terrible. Um, but hey, shout out James Little Jones. Uh, you've been Vader pushing double the amount of time I've been alive. So congrats to that. You are legendary. I, I does this mean he's retiring as the voice of Mufasa? That's another. That's a question I have. Kind of just as important. I did see Lion King first, so very important to me. Um, 
how do you feel about this, Leah? Like, you know, G-E-G, J-E-J. J-E-J. I feel like it, it, I mean, it was going to happen eventually because he is, what, 90, 93, 90, 90-something. 90 um, it did give me a mild heart attack when I logged into Twitter and my entire feed was photos of him. And I was like, did he die? Okay, no, he's just signed over the voice rights. Um, <laughs> which is kind of him dying in a way um, in the Star Wars world. But I, it, unless they can find someone who can recreate it perfectly, as long as it works, it makes sense to me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, how do you feel, Savannah, about all this? Yeah, kind of the same. I mean, it's, it's um, we all kind of knew it was coming. And there's been like some criticism here and there when they've heard his voice comparing it to the original. Um, so yeah, knew it was coming, but still it's it's tough to see that original trilogy cast kind of every couple of years something happens and it kind of gets farther removed. So definitely, yeah. definitely a bummer. But I do agree. I don't know who could imitate his voice. So this is the best way that we can go about it. I'm for that. So yeah, new was coming. Still really sad though. Yeah, I'm going through my head right now. Like, who could voice match James Earl Jones? You know, you got to have an Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar could probably do a decent Vader impression, and they just drop it a little bit of an octave. The voice of Samurai Jack, John Stewart, the Green Lantern in the Justice League series, Static Shock. Oh God, like a lot of other characters that I was picturing uh, faces of, but not the character names he could probably pull it off i know my initial was like oh mark mark thompson the narrator for a lot of star wars audiobooks in thrawn alliances i got thrawn snuck into this episode without even trying he um he voices every character in all the books that he i mean that's what narrators do unless it's a mark thompson and another character another narrator doing different chapters in a book like princess and the scoundrel um but his his vader is very good it's just missing a little bit of that uh resonance that you need but i feel like he could probably do a pretty good one there's a lot of voice matching uh artists out there i'm sure that if the ai doesn't work they'll find the person who can do it it might not even be a dude at this point there's no telling who can pull off the the jaws of james earl jones it's not me damn it one day maybe i'm cool uh, the uh loath cat ahsoka is going crazy up there in the great state of virginia i'm about to kick just, her out <laughs> she just wants to hop on the peloton and go for a she's ride in my closet at this point i don't know what she's doing oh, i'm gonna throw her out give me one second <laughs> Loath cat's gonna loath cat. Oh, where's Sabine when you- yeah, screw it. I like Sabine more than Ezra. Where's Sabine when you need her? Um, di- but is there anything else from the rebel report? I think there was just pictures of the skeleton crew coming out, right? Yeah, behind the scenes, some pictures from skeleton crew shooting. Listen, there's a chase sequence they're working on, but uh, for the most part, though, that show is still very much a mystery. Well, like I said, when the picture came out, Jude Law is not playing Thrawn, so I'm at least 25% less interested in this show now. I'm wearing my blue shirt in representation for my boy Thrawn. He was everywhere this week in the Andor 
episode, at least to us Thrawn enthusiasts. Uh, <laughs> there was there a lot spirit. of art. He was there in spirit. But speaking of this week's episode of Andor, let's go ahead and jump into our Supreme Leading Topic. Oh, yeah. Andor episode four, titled Aldani. Fantastic. I I tried so hard to put a plot together, and I couldn't do it. It was just so good to watch. I had to go back and just add notes from what I could remember at times. So we'll start off with thoughts and feelings. We're going to use the force here, and we're going to start with you, Savannah. How did you feel about Aldani? Love this episode. Um, loved... I loved everything we've got in the three episode opening, of course, but this one, it's like we were finally into the main narrative where we're going with this, uh, which I was super curious about. And yeah, again, absolutely loved it. Um, so many Easter eggs and connections and references, which I thought were great. The performances were fantastic, um, different locations. So yeah, this was like everything I was hoping for and more. Leah, what about you? Last week we tried it on for size because we didn't know where this was going. And this week it was like putting on a warm, cozy sweater that fit just right. Like it just felt so perfect and so fresh. Like five minutes in, I had the thought of it's so nice not to be thinking about conspiracies and Easter eggs. And how is this going to tie into this overarching thing? Mm. It's just a show we get to enjoy. And I love that for us. I second all of that in the score this week. Yes. Ooh, I, I could listen to that. I can't wait for that soundtrack to drop. I'm going to listen to it all the time, especially when I'm writing really think like things about, you know, like scripts that are supposed to be, you know, tense. I'm listening to that. It's going to be great mood tunes. Um, I love one scene over all the others, just because it had the most Easter eggs. And although Leah said we're not looking to tie everything in, I was looking to tie in my boy Thrawn so hard. I see a white ISB outfit, and I'm just like, yeah, where's Thrawn? Where's Admiral Yularen? Like, where are my boys at? Where's Eli Vanto? Anyways, I'm not going to dive into that. But I'm uh, very excited for this episode. It has so much going on. We'll get to it, but there's one character who's very important to the story so far that's in two scenes, and it seems like it's just building something. This is his filler episode, and then it's about to explode on next week's episode is what it feels like. Um, let's go ahead and dive into the spoiler section. This is Grand Admiral Mithron Yorodo, and beyond this point lie spoilers. Proceed at your own risk. And we're here in the plot. I don't even know where to start. They, they're on the ship. That's where it starts. That's about as far as I can go into the plot in terms of the plot itself. Let's, how do we want to do this? I'm going to have to ask because it's, it's all over the place. We have four main locations. Uh, Aldani, the Imperial Security Bureau, Coruscant at large, and then Morlana one for at least one scene, maybe two, but I think only one, uh, which is just Cyril Karn's story, which we could wrap up like that. Let's start there. Cyril Karn, I just teased him. Should have had a V8. Um, he, 
he's in that scene and uh, with his Scottish shit talker, and uh, I believe his name is Chief Kine, maybe. Um, he's they're all getting yelled at by uh, Imperial Security Bureau Lieutenant Blevin, I believe was his name. Basically, the Empire is taking over. The corporate is out. They're all fired. It's under 100% Imperial jurisdiction now. Thanks for coming. You've lost. You'd get nothing, sir. Goodbye. Then we see him later on, um, I believe on Coruscant, going home to his mom. She slaps him. She cries. She hugs him. That's all we see of Cyril this whole episode. That's it. I feel like it was very ominous. Uh, how do we what what do we think of this very short brief filler episode for Cyril Karn? Savannah. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, I was uh, expecting a lot more, which of course we didn't get. Uh what we did get though, I mean definitely setting the stage for what's to come. Um yeah, his uh, his scene with going home to his mom really kind of confused me there for a second. Uh, definitely did feel ominous. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy road ahead for him. However, I will say the scene where like the, uh, I forget the person's name, but the guy with the empire who's chewing him out and saying you basically failed the emotions mm -hmm. on that character's face, like learning that he screwed up so badly, like amazing performance. So mm -hmm. I liked what we got, but I'm a little confused by what we got. Okay. That's fair. Leah. I loved when the troopers came into their little base and start pulling all the noodle containers and all the takeout containers and putting them in the trash to clean out the, the rent-a-cop or whatever they've got going on. Cause it just, it was, a, it was funny because we talked about the noodles at length last week, but it's, they were not, you know, what the empire likes clean and orderly. So the first thing they do is literally, hold on. Chats out of the bag. They literally came in and cleaned up not just metaphorically where they're cleaning up, you know, rebel cells or whatever. They had to clean up the actual garbage of all these takeout containers. And I thought it was hilarious. I don't remember that. It's like, it's right when they first, right before they start yelling at them in the office, they're walking around with actual trash bags, putting these takeout containers into a trash can. Interesting. Did you catch that Savannah? No, but again, I've only got to see it once. So I could have missed it, but, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued by the detail, though. I just am obsessed with those blue noodles. They're just <laughs> so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, coming soon at uh, Galaxy's Edge for sure, because um, they're not going to not make money off that. Also, real fast, that's going to be so bad for people. Blue food dye is the worst oh, food yes. dye. So I'm not really sure, they should, unless they just cake it in blueberries they could make them with like blue corn flour kind of like how they make blue tortilla chips oh Seems i thought like a they healthier were just alternative i thought they were dying those too no actually. there actually is blue corn wow well, fun well, fact the, the red ones i'm not so sure about they are probably red 40 but <laughs> there's red corn too actually there is definitely red corn i didn't know there was red corn yeah. chips yeah they make red white and blue bags at fourth of july you know, living in the South, you'd think I know I would know that, but I did not know that. America. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, blue noodles uh, were being cleaned up. We just learned about red chips. We got really off the track there. Classic us. Um, Sorry. It's, hey, that's okay. <laughs> it's the show. It's the show. It's what we do. Um, that's Cyril Karn. I think, I think, to be fair, to be fair, I read today um, from IndieWire in a, a interview with Tony Gilroy, and he dives in a little bit more about Cyril Karn and a little bit more about Mon Mothma. And he said that Cyril Karn coming up forward is actually going to be explored more. I think he even mentioned next episode we see more about him, his origin story, and his aspirations. And he mentions being an ISB officer. So it's like, mm, I thought he was in a white suit in the trailer. Uh, so I, I think that he's going to be going places and part of me don't know why i'm starting to pull for the guy and i don't like that um i enjoy the complexity of the character for sure it's a lot of fun to watch it's a lot of fun to feel the emotions along with him his mom slapping him seems like he did some crazy shit to piss off mom moms don't slap you unless you do something bad and i've done a lot of bad stuff and i don't think i've been slapped by her so hey winning um Let's go ahead and stay here on Coruscant and talk about uh, Luthen Rail puts on a disguise with a wig and robes. He's shaking. I couldn't tell if that was nerves or like sickness and a disease. Uh, on rewatch, it does seem more like nerves and he's just getting ready to be another person. Um, he goes to his gallery and Mon Mothma enters looking for a gift for her husband. They play a fun little spy game uh, to distract the driver. Mon ends up mentioning that she wants to bring in a new player to the circle. Interesting. And they have this fun little discussion in the back. There's so much art we'll dive into in a, here in a second after we have a full discussion for the Easter eggs of it all. Um, but I would like to know two things. Do you think three things we'll start off with one what did you think of this this scene these scenes here together of him being another character and uh his one-on-one -on -one with mon mothma leah um i wrote in my notes that's one hell of a toupee because it <laughs> it worked flawlessly like he did not have that much hair um i did not know where this was going at any point in him changing i thought he was gonna be a senator actually yeah like playing a double identity thing so then he owns an antique shop which is way cooler um how how far into this plot are we going are we going through the the art gallery yeah let's, let's okay. go through the art might as well when mon mothma walked in and said she was looking for a gift for her husband i was like is she actually married and then my question got answered like five minutes later because <laughs> I thought she was lying. I thought it was code this whole time that it was oh. like something they had set upon because we've never, to the best of my knowledge, ever heard of her being married. Who is this man and where did he come from? From a certain point of view, A New Hope, there's a chapter of her as she's evacuating Yavin and waiting for word on the... Death Star, she knows it's about to be there. She's getting ready to, like, she's writing her resignation and the surrender letter and also another speech for something else and preparing to be arrested and going to ISB and being tortured for the rest of her life, which may or may not be very long, and then hung for treason. Um, 
as the head of the rebellion. And they do mention her companion, her partner, Perrin, I do believe. I thought Perrin was a lady. Yeah, I so did this too. Was, I literally yeah. just sent you a meme. Probably you didn't see it because we were already recording. Of where <laughs> it was said something about Mon Mothma mentions my husband. And it's got a sad person at a bench, the little lesbian flag, because I thought that that's the direction we were going in. But surprise, she's married mm. to a man. Who knew? And he's um, a dick. Shocking. I also believe the person that she has interested in joining the circle is Bail Organa. Mm, okay, we've jumped around a lot. Savannah, what do you think about this scene that we've talked about yet? Scene as a whole, definitely like the, the highlight of the episode for me. Um, I also didn't see this coming. I thought like through all the trailers and everything that um, Luthen's character was also going to be a senator. I figured like he and Mothma were just going to work together. So when he kind of put on this disguise, like I actually thought... I think we see him in the disguise in the trailer. And I thought it was gonna be like a flashback mm. sequence. I even thought going into today, like today just might be his whole flashback arc. And then it was gonna come, that was my theory, of course, totally wrong. So totally took me by surprise this entire sequence, but um, yeah, love he owned like an antique shop art gallery thing. Um, so much stuff in there. I wanna go back and like look at everything. Um, and, uh, and yeah, definitely I'm intrigued with what Mon Mothma had to say about who she's bringing in. Um, I also thought Bail Organa, um, but then there is that deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith where they were already working together. Is that canon? Mm. Is that not? That's my new question. That is, that is fantastic. That is also a very big question that I have because that was my initial thought. I'm like, oh, it's obviously Bail, but they're they're working together by the time that leia is like 12 years old because that's the claudia gray book princess leia they're definitely working together by then but i don't know how early in the rebellion bale joins her well that would be like right after kenobi then essentially so that's cool yes uh but i wonder if she if he's like involved in the circle quote unquote here's what i'm crazily thinking she has in Rogue One a very strong deterrent feeling towards Saw Gerrera. And in Rebels, it's even more deterrent. Like she seems way more angry about it. And she seems more at guilt in Rogue One. I'm wondering if it's Saw Gerrera that she wants to bring in. And it's like, oh, I, I we can trust him. And then you find out he's literally insane <laughs> and will kill everyone. The men, the women, the children. He's not much different than Vader. Yeah. At the end, especially with those, you know, robot arms and the... What's the thing called? Breath mask. Jesus, that's tough. Tough word to get. Um, I think it could be Saw Guerrero. I don't know how he factors into this in any way other than that right there. They've confirmed he's cast, right? Yeah, so he's, he's definitely he's there. Forrest Whitaker is definitely in here. We saw him in the trailers. So that's why I'm like, how do we get him involved they, here? They I mentioned him by name this episode. Mm -hmm. they when did. was that? When did they Luthien I don't remember what it was? Luthien that was on when, the ship. No, that was when uh that was on Aldani when oh, oh, poor yeah. little when Nimic was asleep. They say right. uh, yes. yes. He's like 
If you're working with Mossy, Garvish, Saul Guerrera, they'd put your head on a pike for that. Yes. And and I'm like, <gasps> Saul Guerrera. So you know what? You're right. Maybe he's already involved. Ooh, yeah, he is already involved. Because otherwise, how would they know about him? Because Luthen, well, they don't know about Luthen. Oh, shit. I don't know. I saw a theory, and I want your guys' thoughts on this. It wouldn't be Ahsoka, would it? Because I've been seeing that discussed. And, like, maybe, but yet I also, I don't think they would do that in this show. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I think they would because such a big part of the plot of Rebels is the Ahsoka reveal. Mm -hmm. Reveal to those Rebels, though. She's Fulcrum. You have to remember, if, she's Fulcrum. Fulcrum is her symbol. Fulcrum is a code word from the Clone Wars. What year are we in again? I keep forgetting. 5 BBY, the same year that Rebels Season 1 is. She so, comes in at the end of Season 1. If the Ahsoka book is to be believed, though, she's on that planet helping the farmers rebel against the early seed of the Empire. And before that, she's working as a like smuggler. But this is the same... This is the same year of Rebel season one, and she comes in in the final episode of that. Doesn't she? Mm, yeah. She comes one? in. A, I think it lines yes. up. Okay. Savannah out here breaking brains. I love it. Because that would happens. be. Because she's already been cast by that point. It would have. It was. It was. It, mm. I mean, we're in 2022 now. That would have been November 2020 when that. Uh, premiered that was thanksgiving night basically when uh she premiered so yeah i know uh and then she would have definitely been cast for by a year or two prior as they worked on everything so you know what yeah i that makes a lot of sense i i dig it she'd be 10 years younger yeah that's okay my gosh we might get ahsoka in this series i would lose my mind I've already lost my mind. I love that theory. <laughs> that would mean at this point that Bale would already be in the circle because Bale's the one that would put her in contact with Mon Mothma. Well, yes. Yes. And Bale would definitely be the one in talking with Ahsoka. They've had direct connection at points in time. Are we going to get more little Leia? <laughs> in season one of Rebels, we get a teenage Leia. Yes. So it would be, and that's when we get, um, you know, he says, show me what you have on your rebels. Yes. That's where that soundbite from Return of the Pod comes from. It's that episode. And, oh, no, it's not. I might be wrong. I think that's from the droids episode, episode two. But anyways, when she shows up on there, she's what, 14, 15? That's yeah. this exact time in space. I don't think we get Leia. I really no, I don't, don't think, think we so. get Leia. I can see us getting Ahsoka maybe. Uh, but I don't think we would see her until mm. later on. I think it might just get revealed as Fulcrum mm. for a while. But Mon Mothma got the connections. Mm -hmm. And I would just, I would definitely trust Bail Organa. Now, if she is bringing in Bail Organa at this point, because he didn't have his own cell of rebels, that would mean that we're directly lining up with everything happening in Rebels, which leads me to question, now that we're on the Mon Mothma of it all, next season in season two, the second arc will be year three of this story. 
are we gonna get precious cargo done from a different angle like does andor get her off of coruscant and then drops them off drops her off and then like the next episode we get the united angle that's feels very plausible because they wouldn't go through all the effort of bringing Mon Mothma into the plot line. Like, yeah, she's important to the rebellion, but like all these lines are going to tie up together at some point. What do you think about the Savannah? No, I agree. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a reason why Mon Mothma is so key. And uh, yeah, I would love the idea. I, I really coming into the show expected it to be so isolated and standalone. Mm-hmm. But I'm beginning to think maybe it's not. And uh, I'd be okay with that as long as they kind of keep with what this show is and keep that unique kind of uh, style to it and then work in some work in some connections. I think that'd be great. So, uh, so yeah, definitely some uh, interesting possibilities here. And when you remember, and all, I think it's going to tie into anything that involves that leads to Rogue One. General Sindula is mentioned by name. Mm. Chopper is seen in that movie. He's mm-hmm. the first Rebels character to come into live action. My boy. So it's interesting. <laughs> it's very, it's, you know, it's like, oh, it's going to be pulled back. But each episode that we go further with characters like Mon Mothma, with getting further and closer into the rebellion itself, everything with Andor is going to deal with Andor. But he is going to have to talk to other people. At some point, Luthen's going to die, I'm assuming. And then he's going to be passed off to General Draven, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. is the one he was answering to in Rogue One. So there's going to be a change of power at some point, And that's just going to unfold, unveil, unveil more about the rebellion. Let's learn a little bit more about what the rebellion is doing at this point on Aldani. Oh, lies i lied to you i'm so sorry everybody we're still here we got to do the easter eggs really fast oh yeah because because oh my gosh this comes from at nate mess uh in eight mess on the twitter sphere thread of all the easter eggs found in luthan rails collection in the latest episode of andor um it's the art gallery in a single picture you can see Number one and number two Easter eggs. Uh, The first one is Mandalorian armor. They say most likely gathered from what was left after the great purge of Mandalore on the Night of a Thousand Tears, as mentioned in the Book of Boba Fett. However, after talking with Jacksonville Pews today, he said that the dialogue in Book of Boba Fett suggests that the Night of a Thousand Tears happened after the... Darksaber was given to Bo-Katan from Sabine because they reference she took the Darksaber and the Great Curse was started and the Night of a Thousand Tears happened under her watch and her Mm -hmm. rule, which is not until the beginning of Season 4 of Rebels. Mm -hmm. So that is a very interesting piece of nugget information that I'm super glad he remembered and I did not. Uh, but a nice piece of Mandalorian armor. I wonder now what's the wh- wh- what about it is so maybe they're just rare to have. I don't know. Maybe I mean, if it's it was... Beskar, it's probably expensive. True. I mean, definitely expensive. Okay. 
That'd be uh, worth having. Maybe at this point it's oh, you know, maybe at this point it's hard to get actual Beskar Mandalorian yeah. armor because it's been turned into Imperial. Oh yeah, those little bars bricks. he's got at the yeah. uh, beginning. Exactly. Um, number two is the Calicori. It's not uh, Harrison Dula's Calicori, but it's referencing the sacred heirlooms mentioned in Star Wars Rebels from the Ryloth system, which is name dropped today. I lost my mind. Um, instead of may- being made of wood, this one is made of metal, and it looks a little bit more like... I mean, it really looks like a Padme Amidala, Queen Amidala, excuse me, headdress more than anything. It does. What do we think of the first two? Because I'm going to go on a whole tangent for number three. Leah, you sent this to me. We'll start with you. Okay. Um, I didn't notice these. at. I, I knew there was going to be a bunch of stuff, but it all happened so fast that I didn't notice these until I saw this this Twitter f- thread. Um, the Calicori most excites me because that's just a good arc in Rebels. And I don't think we'll see anything like that arc in live action, but who knows? That would be amazing. What about you, Savannah? Yeah, the Calicori definitely got my attention. I also love that storyline from Rebels. I feel like quite a few of these Easter eggs have kind of some Rebel ties, which could also have some Ahsoka ties. Um, yeah, the Beskar one confused me because I'm like, why would a Mandalorian have given that up? Like, how would they have gotten that? Um, I think it's a good kind of like a, a little hint of what's to come with Mandalorian, kind of like a reminder mm. that we're going to see um, mm. what happened to Mandalore coming up. Uh, we actually wrote an article on this on the direct about how oh. this was like a Mandalorian Easter egg previewing what Lucasfilm has in store for 2023. So um, I tend to think more of it's like a hint of what's to come as opposed to like wanting you to think of why. Um, but yeah, I like the Calicore the best because I love Harrison Dula. It was a nice little reminder of that. I want to know who's been, who she's been cast, like who's been cast as Hera. Is, who, it's, everyone keeps saying on the internet that it's, oh God, what is her name? Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I've heard that that theory, yes. Because she's been cast in Ahsoka, but not yet named, but also kind of a big deal. Also, she's, if I'm not mistaken, dating Ewan McGregor? Uh, So there's, I I might be wrong on that. I don't know. I don't pay attention to other people's personal lives because I have no business being in it but <laughs> i've seen them holding hands and stuff at a d23 and someone yelled may the force be with you at them and <laughs> she reacted first but like looked and was like oh i can't do anything and then ewan was like may the force be with you and i was like ah, he's kenobi that's gonna be fucking one <laughs> kenobi um my favorite easter egg is number three the world between worlds a broken piece of the wall door connecting the world between worlds worlds as seen in star wars rebels however comma this is not the same door it can't be because that door on the fall has yet to be opened mm-hmm. and destroyed but it is the exact same symbols of the hands one fist closed one open pointing to the side one open and pointing to the up pointing to the up jeez louise uh but that is not yet excavated until the very end of season four of Rebels. 
And if I'm not mistaken, that is one year prior to Rogue One. So it's very intriguing that Luthen Rail has one of those pieces in his art, cal- uh, art gallery. And boy, does it look good on the big screen. Like, let me tell you, mm-hmm. I think when you look at it, especially in live action, boy, does it look like the Ahsoka logo, right? It just got all these circles, circle, circle, dot, line. I think it's really fine. I'm not going to ever quote that Bob Saget song again. I <laughs> but <laughs> but it's very, I mean, listen, if you listen to this podcast, you know, my two favorite things to talk about are Grand Admiral Mithranirodo and the world between worlds and the potential of storytelling we can get from the world between worlds. And the fact that we're just getting a little bit of a live action Easter egg, uh, live action nugget of an easter egg is amazing and it confirms based on timeline alone there's other doors to the world between worlds out there not just on Lothal so now real quick Ahsoka theory just like I said when the pictures came out I think that they're going to be traveling trying to find another door because perhaps maybe Thrawn got left out got kicked out essentially it's like oh here you go boom you got to go back in the timeline there and Ezra's like I'm gonna just chill here man like it is what it is but it's gonna be really intriguing to see where that goes and I'm very excited because it also is starting to remind me really hard of Zepho from uh Jedi Fallen Order and the way though the architecture in the art if you will of the lines and the circles and everything being real clean all kind of lining up so i'm wondering if the zephos are the ones who found and made the doors to the world between worlds i've gone on my tangent let's talk about the world between worlds ladies savannah how much do you love the world between worlds that's a leading question i'm sorry uh what are your thoughts on this easter egg No, I do love the world between worlds. So I've been I've been expecting Ahsoka to like mm-hmm. take us there, and I think this is evidence that is coming. They're starting to like drop little breadcrumbs for us Star Wars fans, and yeah, so it, it's it's going to happen for sure. So I was very excited about that. Did you catch it earlier, or did you learn about that now? I caught it later on the direct slack. When we did some deep dives into that and yeah, I was excited. The famous direct slack comes up again (laughs) (laughs) to be an anonymous bot in that chat would be fantastic. Um, (laughs) Leo, what about you? So I didn't catch this panel, but I, for a second, when he hands the, whatever Mon Mothma buys to her Mm -hmm. at a glance, it looked like the, the light side and dark side people, personas from that whatever season season five of clone wars and i got really excited and i was like that's probably not what it is because literally no one's talking about it but um no one no one has said anything about the thing that she buys i knew i saw that i think you're right because they say it's like the sun and the moon it says it's like the goddess and a serpent all smashed together and whatever but i'm like no that's i've definitely seen that face specifically before I think it's the, I don't remember what they're called because it's been so long since I've watched the episode, but you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Are I you do. trying to find a picture? Is that what you're Googling? You know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if if the Mando armor is a hint, like 
don't forget about this coming. This is definitely an Ahsoka. Like, hey, you might want to rewatch Rebels in the next couple months before we send you back into this world between worlds. Buckle up. Get ready. Right here. Okay. That's not what I thought it was. It's close. Also, that's from the same temple. Notice the striation. Oh, you can't see all of it. That's by his right thumb specifically has yeah. the same lines and dots and is very similar to the Zepho stuff from Fallen Order. He says it's a serpent and a moon goddess all wrapped into one. Well, there's only one moon goddess we've ever seen. Yeah, Princess Yua from Avatar. Yes. Which, complete side note, she was cast this week. I know. You know who she is? Uh, no. Amber Midthunder from Prey. I haven't seen that. What the frack, Leah? Sorry. Here we go. Two-faced divinity, 14,000 years old, a sun goddess, and a serpent from the overworld sharing the same mouth. Huh. I'm confused. I feel like we should know what that is, right? <laughs> I searched moon goddess... And Wikipedia has an entry, but it's from Legends. But it does say it's canon. Well, what about a sun goddess? Because that's what that's supposed oh, it's to a actually sun goddess. be. I know. It got me too. Which doesn't make sense, but I'll allow it, I guess. I mean, other than Mortis, there's not really any. Yeah, I know. That's. No wonder I couldn't think of their names. Their names are literally father, daughter, and son. I'm. Oh. So dumb. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I literally couldn't think of their name. I didn't realize you couldn't think of the Mortis family. That's funny. Okay. Where were we in this whole show? That was, I'm going to have Ignore fun that editing all. Side uh, tangent we just went down. Just cut it out. We learned a lot. We needed to know that it was a sun goddess and there was a serpent and that it's still from some kind of Jedi temple looking artist. Also 14,000 years old. <gasps> oh my God. That's like way before the old way before <laughs> could that be the dawn of the force users truly well we may find out we may not find out we probably won't that's that's where ryan johnson's doing his trilogy Fourteen thousand years ago where noah can get pissed off there you go everybody can stutter all they want get some tourette's representation to representation uh I, I hate myself for that one <laughs> all donnie andor is put on all donnie to steal a uh month salary from a quarter month salary a quarter salary of payroll from an imperial garrison which he doesn't know yet and then andor picks his father's name as an alias clem uh we don't know that officially yet but it's assumed um luthan and vel talk uh, them talking, they talk. These notes, this is where my notes get wild because I went on memory. Um, it actually shows his strength and his leadership and also his bit of coldness uh, and how he's just like, we'll figure it out. I was going to pull you from the job, but now I've given you a chance. With a mercenary. Exactly. He's disposable. I'm like, damn, bro, that's cold as hell. Nimic is the best. And then they, <laughs> they all complain. Nimic is awesome. Uh, and then they're basically you find out that they're going after an imperial garrison. They're going to invade it. They have a mole on the inside. They plan on how to do it, how to get in it, if Andor is in. And then they're using an astronomical event as cover to get 
out. And that's basically all we get of Andor in this. Andor, maybe, maybe Cassian has, Clem, Cassian, Clem, Andor has, I don't know, 10 total lines in this episode. This episode doesn't feature him very much at all. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of awesome and exciting if they're going to be doing this huge ensemble cast kind of thing in a show called Andor. Especially when they're setting up a lot of different players. Uh, how do we feel about the Aldani arc? We're going to call it the Aldani arc of this episode. Uh, Savannah. Um, it's probably the slowest part of the episode for me. Granted, it was it's informative. We need to like set the stage for Andor's first mission as a rebel. He needs to get to know other rebels. So I get the purpose that it served. However, I think all the rebels we just met probably won't be with us very long. So I'm like, I was paying attention, but I can't say I was like super invested. I kind of feel like they're like a, a plot device, although that sounds cold, but you know. Yeah, they're cannon fodder for sure. Leah. I agree that Nemec is the best. And we were talking about this earlier. Is he hmm. force sensitive? Oh, because yeah. he talks about how he can feel that like Clem is really passionate for the cause. But the way he says feel implies a lot more than just like a gut feeling. That's interesting. It's a, it's a feeling. That's not how the force works. <laughs> Isn't it though? Um, yeah, we got to protect Nimic at any and all cost, and it feels like he's the, the first model of the whole base. Oh, wait, he built that model? That's the impression I got, because he's like, let me do this part. It's very fragile. The glue, get, the, the rain gets into the glue, and I was like, I, he made that. He had to have been the one to make that. That's why he's protective over it when she goes oh, to yeah. move it. I'm so sorry. I didn't finish all the Easter egg stuff, and I scrolled, and someone took a screenshot of 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 Jedi and Sith holocrons in his. Yes, yes, I keep seeing that. I forgot about that part. Yeah, and there's an Indiana Jones Easter egg in there too. Is there? Yes, the whip is frozen in carbonite. Oh, I love that. What? That's Mm. awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, they say a Kashyyyk Claren can also be saw. And one of the helmets, I saw the helmet. Oh, I see the whip. That's so fucking cool, dude. Oh, my God. Um, there was a gold helmet that just was, like, dragon-plated. It's one of the helmets that a Wookiee wore in Revenge of the Sith. Ooh. And right behind Andor and them, as they walk to the back, is Starkiller yes. helmet from The Force Unleashed. And I'm, I'm intrigued by it. For a lot of reasons, one, it looks at first I was like, oh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I love Battlestar. Like way to bring a Cylon in. And then I read the rest of it. I was like, oh, it's OK, cool. But it looks like it looks like a soldier. I don't know if it's Starkiller so much as maybe an old Republic officer because his. Oh, y'all should probably see what I'm talking about. See, oh, I'm on the tweet thread, but. Oh, yes. that's good. Uh, the. The armor is very much like Captain Rex's little situation on his chest and shoulder. And underneath mm-hmm. looks like very old school plated armor. Uh, and it really does give the vibe of, to me at least, 
like an old soldier and you know if they had used the mandalore or the, the clones you know were their armor was based off of mandalorian armor but given its own design and vibe it ties back to the idea of well, nothing's ever really gone and time is cyclical and of course the emperor was going to pull from an era bygone maybe that's actually a sith warrior armor right there Ooh, son of a beasting that's i just had that thought right now um also in this thread someone points out that the club that he tries to sell to mon mothma at first looks like one of the knights of ren's weapons Ooh. Which is interesting. That's interesting for sure. I can definitely, I can see that, um, especially considering we never see the faces of them, and we know that with the Grand Inquisitor, not all Utapauans have super elongated heads. Some of them have normal sized domes to fit mm. inside of a, a helm. helm. Oh, you can see it in this picture: the Wookie helm right here. Yes. Hell yeah, little Star Wars. There's also, I guess, I don't know if it's in the trailer or just a leaked photo from a future episode. There's Plo Koon's mask. I have mask seen that. that. Looks like Plo Koon's. I've seen that. I don't like I that. That feels very I, morbid. Oh, it's going to be morbid because whether or not it's like his face in mask or his species face in mask, it's going to, it's, yeah, it's going to, yeah. Savannah, all of these things that we just like breeze through, what do you think about them? Um, I love all of them, except for the possibility of Plo Koon is, is gone. I can't, I'm, I'm not going to go there with that. Besides that one, I, I love this. I know we weren't supposed to like have a lot of Easter eggs in Andor, and I was fine with that, but the fact we're getting him plus Andor is still so different, mm -hmm. very happy. They're not forced Easter eggs. They're not like, we exactly. specifically yes. walked in this room to show you a Wookiee helmet that five people recognize. It's They're in a museum, basically. It's very, like, nuanced. I like oh, it. Yeah, very nuanced. Very nuanced. The fact that they have Indy's whip frozen in carbonite just reminds everyone that, that. It, it belongs in a museum. Um, oh, my God. I did it, and then I'm like, yeah, he plays Han Solo. Oh, fuck, we're in Star Wars, too. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. So, Al Donnie. <laughs> um, I really, I'm, the thing that I'm most excited for about this, this arc from Al Donnie is I'm excited to see Cassian prove himself to everybody, A. B, I'm excited to see what it's like inside of a live-action rebel infiltration of especially you know this is the same specter five specter six if you count chopper he'd be a specter this is the same size as rebels the rebels crew mm. even one bigger if you count um they've got six on the ground plus the imperial spy they've got six in the ghost specter plus callus who used to be a chiss and in the sorry, in, was originally supposed to be a Chiss officer inside the Empire, but then they made him just a regular human, which is smart because I would have lost my mind. But it's the same size, so we're gonna get a live action version of Rebels in a way here, and I'm really, really excited. 
my favorite thing that I'm excited for is this astronomical event they're utilizing as cover. Mm. It sounds gorgeous. And I also want to see what happens when the sky explodes because I'm wondering, Leah, because of Princess and the Scoundrel, have you read that, Savannah? I have not, no. Leah is going to recommend it hardcore. I'm going to say listen to the audio book because the voices are great. And I would definitely be bored reading this book, but listening to it adds a whole new level and layer to it all. Layer, a new layer to it all. I, I got there. But uh, it sounds gorgeous, and it kind of reminds me of the that place they were supposed to go to and then didn't yes. go to. Yes. Sindrax, Jindrax, Steve, don't remember. The pirate. I don't remember either. They go to Ice Planet number two, and I don't remember that name either. It's a moon, technically. Yes. So what are you looking forward to in this Aldani arc? Uh, we'll start with you, Leah. Go around the horn and... What am I looking forward to? Um, I don't know. I'm trying really hard in this series not to just like theorize crazy about what's going to happen next week. I'm really enjoying just letting it, the story ride out and play out because I've not guessed a single thing right in this entire show and I'm not going to. Um, but I'm really hoping that they don't all die, but they probably will because there was an article circulating yesterday where they talked about the body count being astronomical for this show and that does not give me high hopes mm -mm. but i like yeah. them I, I like what's his face I, there's nimic. too many characters nimic i don't remember any of the other ones names they can die but nimic can't die vel because she's the leader I don't like her. of course you don't like her she's mean <laughs> she's very she's mean, mean. <laughs> she was mean. well she just to be fair she did get thrust into the shittiest of all situations. So she's so I mean, mean. She's not a leader. She's a commander. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and her the other uh, there's another lass in that. And her the name, medical girl. I don't yeah. know her name. Sil 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 Joel. You can say anything and I'll nod and agree right now. I don't know what her name is. Cinta. We got there. Ah. She's my favorite after Nimic for no reason whatsoever. Um, maybe they'll all live. Probably not. What about you, Savannah? The astronomical event has my attention. I think that mm. could be really cool, whatever it is. Also, I have no idea, but um, I'm intrigued by it. Um also, just this action sequence we're going to get. Uh, we've seen little bits of action sequences. The biggest one was probably in episode three when Andor met Luthen with like the things falling down the chains, which was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited for like a full out, just like crazy action sequence and how they're going to do that with this direction. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, all the bystanders are going to get slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Body count will be through the roof. It'll be astronomical because that's what the Empire does. They take all the good, grind it up into space dust, and snort it like the insane idiots they are because it's the Empire. Speaking of Empire, the Imperial Security Bureau. I don't know why this is the last one, last thing we're talking about, but it was my second most favorite part of this episode that's not a sentence but we're rolling with it um 
I love seeing how the ISB works on the inside. The brief rundown of this sector is meeting. Uh, the meeting shows the Imperial spy sector. I just said that. Mentioning Scarif, Ryloth, a couple of others that I'm not remembering. Skartev? Tarskev? Something like that. Sevtar? Maybe that. Uh, then the Starpath unit that was stolen from Steersguard by Andor it gives Lieutenant Miro jurisdictional authority over the Ferex situation due to the nature of the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how the military works, but it does for some reason. She, it's mentioned she's only been there a year from by Lieutenant Blevin. He's obviously not a fan of her, and he says, and they, they've got beef for sure, it seems like. Uh, and then Deidre Miro is a lieutenant. By the way, that's her name, the blonde chick who's probably going to lose an eye, change her name, and be in the Princess and the Scoundrel book. I'm calling it probably wrong. Uh, she's on to the rebellion and recognizes the pattern so swiftly that Thrawn would be very impressed with her. And I'm intrigued to know what she's been because she says it's across different sectors. So, like, I want her. She, why am I pulling for her? I don't know. I shouldn't be pulling for her to bring down the rebellion, but I'm like, yeah, let's follow her. You guys are idiots. I want to listen to what she says because that's going to be the good stuff because she knows she has the information that I want to know. Um, Leah, big yawn. Uh, oh, I thought it was going to get you. What's. How do you feel? What what is, what do you feel about this Imperial Security Bureau section? That was not words. So when I was watching the first confrontation with the other, the other guy at her level, I don't remember their names. There's too many characters Lieutenant. in the show that we just met. <laughs> names <laughs> um, are hard, Lieutenant Blevin. Okay, when she's having the first confrontation. I wrote in my notes, I was like, is the Empire an equal opportunity employer? Because there's a lot of women in like ranks of power. And then immediately when they go have their meeting with the supervisor, I was like, nope, they're really sexist and really biased against these women in power. Never mind. <laughs> but for a minute there, I held hope that they were like, you know, anyone who believes in the Empire's cause strong enough can rise to power, but they hate this girl. And I'm pretty sure it's just because she's a girl. Um, so I'm also rooting for her for that reason. <laughs> uh, what about you, Savannah? I like this character. I found her more intimidating than, uh, what's the other guy? Karn? Lieutenant yes. Karn? Yes. That's his name? Okay. Yeah, I think she's more intimidating. Um, and yeah, I also, like you guys have been saying, I do find myself kind of cheering these villains on like I'm against them but yet they're so relatable and like you can understand their situations and they're ambitious um and that can be that can be good and that can be bad but you understand it and uh so yeah I like this scene I like this character I'm excited to see how she's gonna factor in with Lieutenant Karn and the other kind of imperial security people we've seen so far something I think like we're kind of um, setting the board for these villains to somehow culminate. And I'm excited for that. Mm. You want to see Cyril Karn and Deidre Miro come to come together in the Empire to tear them down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. I can see that. I Son of a bitch. Are they related? They have the bluest of eyes. She's actually but, Ray's mom. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Someone put that on um, Twitter. Great. <laughs> well, I did have a tweet earlier that said, I'm so glad the show is coming out after the Skywalker saga is done so that people aren't theorizing that Bix is Ray's mom. So now everyone's oh Ray's gosh. mom. Yeah, it's it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was another one you sent me earlier. Uh, is it? Oh, yeah. Cyril is apparently afraid of germs. <laughs> That was a fun little nugget that you sent. Um, he pushes the elevator button with his sleeve pulled all the way down over his hand so his skin doesn't make contact with the button. I missed that. <laughs> I did too until Twitter pointed it out. But I think it's hilarious. And it, it, it makes sense. It. He wouldn't. He would do that. God, I'm just... And... And then he just watched all that death happen and get covered in dust. He must hate life like on so many different levels right now. You know what's crazy is when Blevin, which <laughs> I feel so bad saying that because it's but it, it, the image it conjures of the the two words that are clashing together to make his name is just not cool. Uh, but Lieutenant Blevin, when he's yelling at them all, a the most personality I've ever seen from an Imperial officer in a live action series. Raises his hand. Is he serious? Like gold. <laughs> Fucking gold. Uh, but when he looks at Karn, he's like, yeah, you feel good? You feel good, man? Huh? You feel good? I don't know why he became Stewie, but he's just, I'll, I'll call you back, boss. He's, um, yeah, he's looking at it like, oh, I bet you feel good and feel proud. And it, I'm kind of like, dude, just tell him how much you fucking hate yourself. Just tell him. Be like, no, I hate myself. I'm going to become Batman. He doesn't. He should have. Space Batman, but maybe more like Space Azrael because he's gonna kill everybody and be a bad guy. Damn, that was a that, I went too far. It's it fine. We're gonna, we're gonna, it got dark night. <laughs> we're gonna rain it back in. Uh, anything else from this episode that like you want to just dive into that we might have glossed over? I have three minor points. Okay. One is their retro iPads because I love that they still are leaning into the the 1970s idea of what futuristic technology would look like when they could have literally just put an iPad in there. Like there's nothing stopping them. It's this like janky thing with buttons. Yeah. Um uh, they're oh. data readers basically. Uh I, can't, I don't remember what they're, they're called. They're so clunky. <laughs> Yeah, data analyst, analyst, and all they do is read the scripts and the data. Um, from oh, I'm trying to remember. There's a whole chapter in, from a certain point of view, from inside the data. Like, there's a mouse droid chapter where you yes, are the I data. Yes, like mouse droid chapter. And then there's another one of the data analysts who just like, you got to fill out like card card uh, TN seven nine two form IRS beep bop boop. That's that's my government. That's how they talk <laughs> in my head. What's your other points? Um, TIE fighters are a lot scarier when they're not in a battle and they're just patrolling oh, where you live. That was yes. that's freaking terrifying. I love and that moment. Just, that was amazing. Yeah, I, I had to rewind each time I watched this today because all, all of a sudden they're just like, get down. And I'm like, what, what happened? And they fly over and I'm like, how did they yeah i'm like how did they even know and 
all it, the only reason I knew was because it said on the bottom whirring in the distance in the captions. And I'm like, I don't hear a fucking thing. And they're like, oh, get cover. And it's like, what are you talking about? And they fly over and they're gone like that. I live near an Air Force base. You heard that shit coming from a ways away. TIE fighters, man. <sighs> Silent and deadly. They're terrifying. Iro- they're terrifying. Ironically, I'm looking at a TIE fighter on my calendar. I can't wait for it to change to Darth Vader on the first, which is going to be a fun month. Uh, Leah, what's your third one? It is the editing of this whole episode. It, they have very hard cuts between rural and urban, dirty and clean. Ooh. They're always, they're like two, um, two Coruscant scenes aren't after, one after the other. Two Aldani scenes aren't one after the other. It's always bouncing back and forth between like the rebels or what did she say? Sleep, eating roots and sleeping on rocks where the yeah. empire is in this shiny, clean, white, perfectly sanitary system they're back in their little huts and then here's mon mothma in her perfectly uh like lint free outfit spotless shoes because she's still living she's the rebellion but she's still living luxury where these guys are sleeping in twig huts and making twig models of a base it it just the sharp juxtaposition of those two really stood out to me in this one i like that he made it in a, you know, Nimic made that model in a cave with mm-hmm. a box of scraps. It's like made of bark. And, and somehow he had glue. Well, you know, you're right. You just said bark. I'm like, oh, there's trees. There's sap everywhere. <laughs> there's sap bark. rings in Star Wars. So it worked. Um, again, I want to go back. Fuck Perrin, man. He's such a dick. Mon Mothma's husband. What the fuck? He's a frat boy who grew up. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I take 12% offense to that. Why can't that just be fun? I can't can't figure out if it's because I did grow up better or I didn't grow up. And I don't know. I just can't figure (laughs) out. But yeah, no, he's just like, oh, you'll be down there at the boring end of the table and they'll be down here with me. Yeah, well, you should invite these people because they got their shipping lines cut off yesterday. Well, maybe after tomorrow, they won't care. It's like, what the fuck? Dude? I hate him. <sighs> Toss him out of window. Throw him in the airlock. Uh, what about you, Savannah? Anything, any points of interest that you wanted to touch upon? I would mention uh, getting this perspective of Coruscant. When it came up on the screen, I got really excited. And uh, we didn't see a ton of it, more like just like from one point of view, but I was still excited to see it not look quite so CGI-ish. Um, very stark, very sterile, decolorized. I, 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 I like that a lot. I like that you said sterile and decolorized because it is very boring and white bread. I mean, it's like, oh, this is the peak of civilization, and really, it's the peak of fascism. Um, mm. And it's, it's like, is there a difference? Uh, ooh, man, that's gonna get me. That's gonna get me Twitter hate from one person probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, is is there really a difference though? Because I mean, like, you could go back and you could argue every government ever has been a little fascist, and. Uh, I don't want to say oligarchish because that's wrong, but like 
they seek to condense everything and make it all simple and streamlined and bureaucrat. God, nothing sucks worse than bureaucracy. Well, maybe Nazis, but these and then we're getting space Nazis now. We got space Nazis. Can't wait for their eagle orchard death ball to explode. Twice. Twice. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and you got Fulcrum sitting there on your right, just like, hey, I'm gonna give you all the secrets to the to the litter box. <laughs> no, I don't have a single prediction for next week. Uh, my prediction is that you know we'll learn more about Karn, but that's more of a I got tipped off by Tony Gilroy, so that's not really a prediction. That's more of an expectation at this point. Um, I. Anybody have hopes for next week? We'll go hopes for next week because predictions are hard these days. Mm. Savannah, you got any hopes for next week? Like I, I not really hope. I'm just confident that this series is going to continue to deliver. Like I am on board mm. convinced that they have a, a plan and executing it perfectly. So I have hopes that I'm going to continue to be happy with it. But, um, but yeah, I really I have no predictions. I'll say one is that I think that um, all the rebels except for Cassian probably won't survive the mission. That's not really a hope. That's kind of a dark expectation. But other than that, I really have no theories for what's going to happen next. Um, Like Leah, everything I've thought has been wrong so far. And I'm happy about that. Like, keep surprising me. What about you, Leah? I just want to see this dinner party play out. And I'm pretty sure we're going to because they set it up. Yeah. And it's going to be the highlight of next week. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. Because obviously they're there to spy on Mon Mothma. Like, yes. What is she up to? Uh, you know, women in the Senate. That's not bad. That's not a bad senator voice. I'm going to keep that locked up in my brain. <laughs> uh, hire me to narrate only the character voices of an audio book. I'll let someone else do all the narration parts. Just I'll do the characters. Uh <laughs> My hope is that we will see more of the art gallery. Um, But one prediction that I have is that after episode six, we might have a time jump. Um, Mm -hmm. Because this is, you know, the first three episodes are taken over three days. This next three episodes look to be taking place over three days. So it's like how he got into the rebellion or his beginnings in the rebellion, his first mission in the rebellion. He's now in the rebellion. Okay, we can jump to the next most important mission or maybe next most important two missions kind of thing. Like, oh, a six month time jump and then another six month time jump. But based on what they said, you know, in three days time is the astronomical event. So unless they're planning to skip two days in one episode, that's a lot of, for Andor's sake, there's not a lot to do except a, a quick training montage for a day and then jump right into the mission. But I think for the sake of pacing inside the show, they're going to keep doing what they did today where way more happened off our Aldani than it did on Aldani. I think that's going to be continuing to play until... The, exp- the the explosions begin. Um, but what do you think's gonna happen, good listener of this here podcast? Uh, tweet at us at Reckless Rebels on Twitter. That is R E C K L E S S R E B E L S. 
And while you're at it, you can find us on all the places that you're getting your podcast. You're listening to us now. I mean, there's no other way to listen to us. Go ahead and uh, make sure you follow, download these episodes. That helps us in our account. And leave a review, however many stars you want. It's um, This is a true free galaxy. If you don't like us, fuck, man. Throw like a recommendation in there. Maybe we'll listen. Maybe we don't. I won't. I never learned how to read, but you can blame the American education system for that. Uh, Leah, where can everyone find you and she will rock you on the Twitter sphere? You can find me at Leah underscore Elizabeth J. You can find She Will Rock You. Everything is linked on our website, which is SheWillRockYou.com. Savannah, what about you? Uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at DisneyParkSavvy and also at TheDirect.com. You can find me at TC Rochester Act, T-C-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R-A-C-T. Um, and I do Light Thunder Action every Thursday. You are obviously listening to this after Thursday because I know how long it takes me to edit these and get them out. But you can find us on, uh, just go to at LTA Podcasting on Twitter. Our live stream is going to be pinned right there to the tippity top. You can find us on the uh, your podcast feeds. And it might be a week or so later after the live show because we mostly do live shows and then we get the audio out after. Um, this week coming up, well, really this week we had talked about Deadpool 3, which is going to be fucking amazing. Uh, and the Warner Brothers Discovery shenanigans yet again. And of course, Shulky Episode 7. Apparently, we're getting other superheroes in this. And what is it? El Aguilar was the character that popped up in a clip today, time of recording. So he's a mutant. They're everywhere, kids. Uh, but if you can't get enough Star Wars talk, there's a shit ton of Star Wars podcasts out there that you should be listening to. Return of the Pod uh, is definitely the one that I and Leah are going to recommend. And you should check out at Star Wars Skinny. On Twitter, they have every week a they have a star of the week for podcast, and they have tons of Star Wars podcast recommendations there. Shout out to them. They're gonna be starting a new podcast about Star Wars books. Let's go. Ah, oh, can't wait for November to get here and I get to dive back into the high republic of it all. Um, but next week, ooh, lies, Thomas, lies. What recommendations for the audience do you have, ladies? We'll start with Savannah, because it looks like Leah's thinking. Uh, in keeping with Andor, I would recommend uh, Chernobyl on HBO Max. Again, not Ooh. a new series, but it does star Stellan Skarsgård. And also um, Sergeant Kostek, who like was working with um, Lieutenant Karn, in recent episodes, mm. he's in Chernobyl as well. Um, and it was created by Craig Mazin, who's working on the Last of Us series coming next year. Um, it's a fantastic show, my favorites of all time. Plus, it's super relevant with like what's going on in the world today with Ukraine. So a lot of connections that are kind of relevant right now. And plus, it's just it's it's fantastic. It's an amazing show. That's high level movie thought recommendations there, Savannah. That's fantastic. Um, Sergeant Mosk, I think is the Scottish guy's name. He has said shit in Star Wars 
and dropped the first PG-13 F-bomb we've ever got in the Batman for a comic book movie. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, the second for a comic book movie. The first for DC. I love that. Dude's a legend. Leah, what is your recommendation for the audience? I have a hot take recommendation, and that is Don't Worry, Darling. Oh. I really enjoyed it. I think Florence Pugh deserves every award she's going to be nominated for in that movie. She was phenomenal. Um, there's a lot of hate for Harry's acting. He's really not in the movie that much. Like, I don't know why he's the center of attention. Florence carries. And it it's like a two-ish hour runtime. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Could not for the life of me figure out what was happening in this movie. And at oh. the reveal, our entire audience like gasped very dramatically. We also had people like scream every time Harry was on screen, but you know, that's to be expected. Um, uh. It kept me guessing the entire time. And I had about 50 possible scenarios in my head for what was happening. And every single one of them was wrong. Never would have guessed yeah. what the ultimate reveal was. Um, well worth the watch, especially if you like, like a sci-fi psychological thriller type movie. Okay. Worth, worth the investment. Have you seen it, Savannah? I have not, but I've heard some good things from people who I like trust their reviews usually. And they've been mm -hmm. saying ignore the drama. Like it's actually a really good movie. And they also uh, didn't predict the ending. So I've got my attention. So yeah, I'm, I may go check it out now. It is one of the most wild twists I've ever seen. Good wow. to know. That's that's saying a lot. And you're yeah. a big you're a big uh, Jordan Peele fan too, right? No, I have actually haven't seen any Jordan Peele. <gasps> I've I'm seen not a, a tweet. scary movie person. I am a okay. thriller movie person. There's like a fine line between horror and like intense movie. I'm not I a horror person. I, I'm the same way. Don't like horror, but I like the psychological thriller kind of stuff. Yes. So yeah, there is a line. I'm with you. This is not cross that line, but okay. Mm. It's on the. It's on. The I haven't a. stopped thinking about it since I saw it on Friday, and it's now Wednesday. I've not stopped thinking about it since then. I've been told by uh, the box office David Thompson that I should go see this because he said, and I quote, "I'm really intrigued to get your thoughts on this, Thomas," which usually means it's either really good, really bad, or there's some bonkers shit that he wants to know if I can figure out. There's That's some bonkers shit. There's some bonkers <laughs> shit. He just wants me to figure it out, and maybe I will go see it. Maybe I don't know. I've I've seen a tweet which makes me question everything, which is, uh, "Don't worry, darling," is literally what happens when a white woman tries to do a Jordan Peele movie. And I was like, "Okay, that's a take." There is a, without spoiling anything, there is a certain flavor of man who is not going to like this movie. It makes sense if you've seen it. Okay. And I think that's the vibe that. That that vibe of man is the man who tweeted that. So, I don't want to. I do. I, it, it is best to go in this movie completely blind. So I'm being very vague. Yeah, if it's and I apologize. White people, I'm, I'm going to recommend. We mentioned Cylons earlier. Battlestar Galactica, because I said it on our predictions episode. I feel like Battlestar Galactica and Andor are going to go hand in hand with like a wine pairing, with how dark, gritty, realistic but also super fucking sci-fi and not a, and out of this world that it's going to be. And so far, oh, baby, it's so good. It's so right on. And today's episode was more of that 
and then the first three episodes this episode i'm like oh which one of these is a skin job oh shit that's the wrong series but like that person can't be trusted that person can't be trusted and there's a mole in this group and i'm like i'm just waiting i'm waiting battlestar galactica I also predicted, and I cannot wait to see if I'm right, that it's going to be about the same on Rotten Tomatoes for critics' score, uh, which is like a 95% for the whole series. Battlestar Galactica, one of the greatest of all times. Three-episode miniseries, pushing like four, six hours, something along that. Uh, Intro to the whole show. And then four seasons of just glory. There's a little lull at a certain point, but it picks up with quite literally a huge bang. Um, And it gets really religious at the end, but also not like religious religious, more like spiritually religious, astronomically religious. And I don't, I was reading some books at this point in time about space, about various mythologies and theologies. And the fact that it was all lining up with the final season of Battlestar Galactica, I was like, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And that's what's going to happen. And like a certain point of my roommates went, do we tell him that he's right? Do we tell him like, no, like, I don't know what to say. Cause he's fucking right. Um, it's so good. Oh my God. It's so good. And there's ghosts and angels. I'm not like not real angels, but, and Bo-Katan Kreese is in that show. So why not watch it? She's like a main character, actually. Yeah, you should really watch it. Battlestar Galactica. I literally cannot recommend it more. It's my second favorite sci-fi space saga behind Star Wars. So next week, we'll dive into Battlestar Galactica. Just kidding. Andor episode five. Cannot wait for that. Sentience and droids, we've reached the end of this episode. The shortest episode we have ever had. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. But most importantly, thank you to Leah and Savannah for joining us here. Record-setting guesting going on here. We appreciate you hopping on. Could not have done this without you. It would have just been me talking to myself, which is, I've been told, not healthy. So thank you. (laughs) Uh, And ladies, gents, droids, uh, do not forget to go follow them everywhere. This was podcasting.